Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Cobra sutia de besi. Zebre se shede dunya. Ebre ve kie ve kajen yad yaraba kayabato. Uvraba sanjan yaraba kayabate. Ebre se shebotan jan yoto. Ebre se ki. Ebre se jiabaton jan yarama kayabate. Ebro se shorama kayabadono brazu ujene ve die ve doroba kayabado. Robete de brebezie ve doroba kajan yaraba kayamazi abadan yarama kayabadoro. Betege rebezie ve doroba kajan yoroma kayabadu. Remekiebakad yaraba kayabadan yaraba kayabate. Ovrezi jebe de genere ve kayabado. Jan yoroma kayamadun yarem belebazie ve delebazie ve de. Lese shebete nebete nebere bezie be dorobazan janama kayabadan yarama kayabade. O se vre se jebele baka. O vraba baka yabade. O rama kayabadoro baka yabade yabade. Bele bezie be dorobakura baka. I long for this time, this time with my children. I yearn, I yearn for your attention. I yearn to have this free time with you. So I can be in fellowship with you, impart my life, my character, my nature to you. In fellowship that I hunger Hunger to see you, hunger to hear from you. I long to see you faith and come and give yourself to me. I long for this love, this time. Will you give me some more time? The time I can impart my life, myself to you, that you become the body that I yearn for you to be. Oh, for another time. Another time that I need to touch you. Mend you, heal you, bring you back to original in a fellowship that we never depart from each other. Oh, I long, I long, I long, I long for this time with you. Oh, Father, we repent of not giving you the time. <clears throat> we repent of giving you just the leftovers. We repent of just being too busy for you. For after all, it's you that's given us everything. It's you that's given us life. If it wasn't for you, where would we be today? Oh, God, I repent of not giving you the time that I need, that you long for, that you desire. I, I turn away. I turn away. I turn away from not giving you the time. And I turn to you. I turn to you to let you be the nucleus of my life, to let you be the very center of my life, that my life will, will, will come out from that place in you. That no longer will I give you just a piece of my life, a slice of my life, but you are my life, not just in words, not just in theory, but in life. You are my life. God, I know without a doubt, if it wasn't for you, 
at this particular time in my life, I'd be burning in hell. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't just say thank you, but I live thank you. I live it. I live and thank you to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Years ago, in pastoring the church, <clears throat> probably about 20 years ago, I would always do my best to be nice because I'm a new creature in Christ. And um, people in the church would take advantage of that niceness. And I would tell my wife, Maybe I should go back to the way I used to be. Then maybe they'd appreciate nice. Well, you know, God loves us, and he'll never stop loving us. He don't want to go back to the way things were in the Old Testament, the way he dealt with Israel in the flesh. And we don't want him to. So let's take advantage of that great love that he has for us. Take advantage of it. Don't take granted. Don't take it for granted. But take advantage of the great love that he has for us in spending time with him. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated. Praise the Lord. God is so good. He's so good. He's so loving, full of mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Eternity's not long enough to say thank you. Eternity's not long enough to live in thanks for all that he's done. You know, all that he's done is based on all that he is. He is love. God is love. Is that right? God is love. God is truth. God is the way. God is the light. God is. There is none beside him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to share some things with you tonight, starting over in Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. He says, now it shall be. Say, it shall be. It Not might be, could be, hope to be, but it shall be. That if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come upon you 
and overtake you if you listen to, hearken, and obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, you can read that and go, I need more of that. I need to do more of that. And you'll never do more of that by saying, I need to do more than that. That's just the work of the flesh. And what you do is you start taking the word of God and say, now it will be that because I diligently obey the Lord my God, and I'm careful to do all his commandments, which he commands me today, the Lord my God will set me high above all the nations of the earth, and all the blessings will come upon me and overtake me because I listen to, hearken, and obey the voice of the Lord my God. Now that's how you take the word of God and you put it into your life. That's how you take the word of God and release the power of God into your life. You know, the Bible says, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. How? I mean, we say that all the time, but then the question is, how? Well, is it because you say, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might? No. No. How are you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? What is the power of God? The word of God. I'm not ashamed of the word of God, for it is the power of God. The power of God is the word of God. So if I'm going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, then I have to be strong in his word. So if I'm going to be strong in his word, I have to get that word in me personally, not just generally. Well, if we, you know, if we would just hearken to, no, me, I do. And not just if I do, but I do. I need to start declaring, I do. I do hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord my God. I hearken diligently and obey what he says to me, and I'm careful to do the things he commands me to do. Not Genesis to Revelation. What is he talking to you about? Careful to do what he talks to you and empower your life by taking that word and getting it into your heart. Amen. Now, Deuteronomy 28 is part of the, what do you call it, the Pentateuch? The Torah? I don't know. They have all these names. Part of the law. Torah. Okay. So, if that was good in the Old Testament, how much more should this work in our life? How much more should this be able to come to pass in our life? Isn't that right? Because all I have to do is take that word, get it alive in my heart. I have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of me. For some of us, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. The flesh has been torn down. The veil has been torn down. We can enter into the presence of God himself. We are priests and kings before our God. He's given us his nature, given us his gifts, given us faith, given us grace. Jesus fulfilled the requirement of the law, so we don't have to try to fulfill the law. He's fulfilled it, and it's fulfilled in us because we walk after the Spirit, not after the things of the flesh. How much more? How much more? How much more? He said that to spiritually dead people. We're not born again, did not have the life of God in them. They did not have the Holy Spirit. They, 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 they had no connection with God. They had to have a priest or a prophet or a king to connect with God. The, not, the normal everyday person could not. So how much more now in this day, this time, this dispensation, this testament, how much more should that work in our life? See, when they heard that, 
in the Old Testament. They said, oh, man, I, I, I need to obey God. I, I've just got to obey God. i got to see work of the flesh because they didn't have living word, faith on the inside of them. So all they had was a work of the flesh. But you don't. You're not stuck with the work of the flesh. Now, remember how we've talked about on Wednesday night about the Galatians where he says you, you, you began by the spirit. Are you going to be perfected by the flesh? You're born again. You were born again because you didn't trust in the flesh to save you. You walked according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Why does that change after we get saved? We go right back to the flesh again. When we have to take the word of God, make it personal, get it in my heart. Get it in my heart, get it in my mouth. Get it in my heart, get it in my mouth. Isn't that right? Look at verse 7 and 8. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 7 and 8. It says, The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. And the Lord will command the blessing upon you in your bonds and in all that you... Now, a bond, you know, you may not have a bond, but the bond is your storehouse. Blessings upon you in your bonds and in all, say all, all that you put your hand to. That means if you're a crummy cook, you can be good. I don't want to hear anybody say it again. I can't cook. I can do a mean microwave. Coffee is my specialty. That's right. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your bonds and in all that you put your hand to. I heard Pastor Nid say it this morning. She diets, she only diets 12 months out of the year. Well, why? Because she needs to be blessed in the work of a hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So if that belonged to them in the Old Testament, how much more now? The enemies that come against me, they will be defeated right before my face. I will see them be defeated and they will flee from me in seven areas of my life at one time. All that I set my hand to, all of my, 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 my storehouse, all of it's going to be blessed. Why? Because I listen to and hearken to the voice of the Lord my God and obey the things that he commands me to do. Hallelujah. 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 And he can talk to us directly because we are priests. We are kings. And we are the prophet of our own life. Isn't that right? So we're able to walk in what he's declared. Even greater than in the Old Testament. We're under a new covenant. And not only are we under a new covenant, but we're walking in the anointing of God. The anointing of God, I don't know about you, but I, I love to come in to the anointing of God in the assembly. But, you know, there should be an anointing in your everyday life. It shouldn't be like, well, I just don't have an anointing. I got to get to church. Well, there should be an anointing in our everyday life. And just imagine if you stepped into where you got the anointing working in your everyday life, and then we all come together in that anointing. Goodness. Are you with me? Joshua chapter 1. 
very familiar verse, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It's just the next book over. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So meditate on the word day and night, which means all seasons, all times, so that, nor that, and for this pur purpose, that you would be careful to do it. Meditate so that you'd be careful to do. I hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord my God, careful to do all the things that he commands me to do. And therefore, the Lord will cause all these blessings to come upon me. So I meditate on what the word of God says. Because the more that I meditate on it, the more I get it in me, the more I am empowered to be able to do it. I still have to make the decisions, but I'm empowered to be able to do that. Meditate. Meditate means muse over it. Ponder it. Mutter it to yourself. You need to be a mutterer. Don't be a mutt, but be a mutterer. So we need to say things to ourselves. You know, it, you don't have to turn there, but in Psalm 45, 1, David said, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So I could take the word and write it on my heart as I'm muttering it and speaking it to myself. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. Glory to God. In fact, go over to Jeremiah for a minute. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, and let's read verse 33, 31 to 33. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33. Hallelujah. 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 It says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand. Listen, in the Old Testament, he took them by the hand. That's not the New Testament. He wants to make a new covenant. He said it was not like the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Amen. Well, those are the days we live in right now. Right now. Amen. And the word law there in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word Torah. The word Torah. I will put my Torah within them. And on their heart, I will write it. There was to be an entirely brand new law to come about. Torah was much more than a set of rules and regulations. The Torah, the word of God, was not designed to be perceived as restrictions. But the Torah was the very means by which one could reach a spiritual ideal in life. If Israel would keep the Torah, then Israel would be kept safe. 
However, the people came to understand it as something which was imposed on them rather than what God intended for them to become. The word of God is not something to impose on you. It is to show you what you are. Now, in the Old Testament, it was to show them what they were to become. In the New Testament, it shows you what you have become. So you know how to live like that which you have become. The fruit of the Spirit is not there to say, you better walk in love, and you better walk in joy, and you better be faithful, and you better start practicing some self-control. That's not the point of it. The point of it is to show you this is your nature. So how do you get acting like you are? By saying what the Word says. I am love. I am joy. I am peace. I am patient endurance. I am goodness. I am faithfulness. I am meekness. I am self-control. That's who I am. That's what I do. I am made in the image and likeness of God. I am the righteousness of God. Therefore, that's what I do. I do righteousness. I am not the liar that I used to be. I'm not the conniver that I used to be. I am what God says that I am and what God's made me to be. And that's what I say. How often do you say it? Forever. Until you want to stop being it. Because your life on this earth is just like your front lawn. Leave it alone and see what happens to it. Weeds have no problem growing on the earth. And weeds have no problem growing in our life when we do not attend to it. So how long do you want to do this? Depends on how long you want to keep the weeds out. It's fertilizer for your life. (laughs) Amen. So again, the Torah was not something that was to be imposed, but it was what God intended for them to be. But they thought it was just imposed restrictions, rituals, and regulations on them. Therefore, the means, the Torah was a means to become something. But because of their misunderstanding, the means was the end. So the restrict, not the restrict, the outline of the word of God was designed for them to become something. But because they didn't see it that way, they thought the whole design of everything was the restrictions. And this is why you can go to dead churches, dead denominational churches, and all they do is tell you what you shouldn't do. Why? Because they're stuck in the Old Testament. Stuck living under the Torah without a correct understanding of it. So instead of seeing the word of God as a guideline, it became a heavy external set of rules which were stifling. In fact, in the book of Acts, he says, why? Or was it Acts? Yeah, Acts, he says, why do you put on the people something that neither you nor your fathers could endure? Failure to understand the perfect law of liberty. There are laws in the New Testament, the law of liberty, the law of faith, the law of righteousness, the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and the law of love. Those five laws are the ones that should be written in your heart. Because those five laws will cover everything from the Torah. 
You're not required to do the regulations, the, the sacrifices, and all those kinds of things because Jesus has already fulfilled all of that. Are you with me? So because of not understanding these things, it led to severe legalism being taught by the Judaizers. Legalism. When Moses went up on the mountain, it tells us in the book of Psalms that God wrote the commandments with his finger on the stone. Remember that? He's not writing on stone anymore. He's writing on your heart. He wants that word engraved into your heart. Amen. Psalm 39, verse 3. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 39, verse 3. David says here, My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. While I was musing. What was he doing, musing? What was musing? He's meditating. He's meditating. He's speaking the word. While he's musing and meditating, it causes the fire to burn in your heart. People say things like, well, you know, I just don't feel anything anymore. Well, get meditating. Get meditating on the Word. Meditate on life instead of whatever you've been meditating on that's been squenching your life and putting out the fire. Get meditating on the Word of God. While I was musing... The fire burned, and then when the fire burned, it became like a fire shut up in my bones, and I had to let it out. Amen. Amen. When was the last time you were like that, where the fire was like it was shut up in your bones and you just had to let it out? Because you've been meditating and meditating and meditating and it just wanting to come out. By your response, I'd have to say no. <laughs> or by your lack of response. When were you weary of not speaking out the word of God? When were you weary because you were not meditating on the word of God? Have you ever been weary? I'm just, I've got this on the inside. I, I need to, i got to get this out. When, when was the last time that happened? <laughs> Great temptation. Well, what if the band never showed up? Yeah. What if there was no band? What if there was no music? Where would we be in praise and worship? I tell you, we'd be three minutes and done. Pretty much. It'd be three minutes and then get tired. We're done. Why? Because we're depending on somebody to bring an anointing to us instead of letting an anointing come from us because it's not our habit. And it's got to change. Meditation of the word engraves the word in our heart. It is not a formula. It is not a set of rules and regulations. It is the living word of the living God engraved into our heart i will write my laws upon your heart and how is that done 
with the pen of a ready writer, your tongue. Amen. Isaiah 60. We looked at this this morning. Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen up on you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise up on you, and his glory will appear up on you. We know, as we looked this morning at the triangle, darkness is all around us. You don't need a triangle to know that. Darkness is all around, and darkness continues to press in. It presses in with strife, division, trouble, disasters, turmoils. It's all around us. Isn't that right? But we can only walk in the light if it's been written on our heart. You don't get to walk in the light just because you're saved. The light is in you, but you don't get to walk in it just because you're saved. The word has to be written in your heart. The light of the word that becomes a light to your path and a lamp to your feet. That word on the inside of us. Meditation. In, in Psalm 49.3 it says meditation brings understanding and puts wisdom in our mouth. So if you get tired of meditating, you're just tired of being smart. Because meditation gives you understanding. Yeah. Understanding. If you don't have understanding, the seed's not really sown. It's sown in the soil of understanding. So if there's no understanding, there's no putting pieces together. I talked to somebody in the hallway this morning after church, and we started piecing some things together. And we took something from here, took something from here, something from here, and this word and that word, and pieced the whole thing together just based on one sentence that they said to me. And we pieced it all together, and they got a whole understanding and went home like, wow, that just opens up a whole thing. Because without understanding, you can't pe you're not piecing anything together. If you don't piece anything together, you have all little pieces. But you've got to have it put together. It's just like Pastor Morgan's in the construction business. If he's building a house, he can have all the material for a house delivered to the site. And it's all sitting there at the site and goes, well, we got everything we need. We got all the housing material here. Just one problem. It's not put together. If it's not put together, it's not usable. And neither is your fragmented knowledge. It's got to be put together. You need understanding. Meditation brings understanding, and it puts wisdom in your mouth. Hallelujah. We can walk in wisdom when others are stumbling in the dark. When we walk in the living word in our heart, and directed by the Holy Spirit, we're walking in wisdom. Others can ask you, how do you do that? How do you do this? How does this work for you? We're all dying out here. Nothing's working for us. Everything's falling apart. There are no good reports on the horizon. How is it that you're walking in this? How is it that this is working for you? Now, first of all, they'll probably think right away. They'll think right away, and this is the way, and this is the way carnal people think. If things work for you, you must have money. And well, that's carnality. Yeah. 
I mean, it doesn't matter if it's in the church or in the world. That's the first thing carnal, natural people will think. Well, if it's working for you, you must have money. If you're able to do those things, you must have money. If you're not worried about $8 for a dozen eggs, you must have money. No, we have a God that's more than enough. A God that supplies our needs. A God that knows how to get to us the things that we're believing for. Not just, he, he doesn't get to you the things that you need. He gets to you the things, only the things that you're believing for. Yeah. Now, somebody could say to you, how do you do this? And you'll say, well, because the Lord and his word and what he's done for me and Jesus Christ and his blood and sacrifice his life for me. Now, until they get to know you, they might think, always think, well, you just have money. Until they get to know you and realize you don't. <laughs> and realize that it is God that supplies all your needs. Because the Bible says your progress is to become evident to all. So when you start looking like things are working for you and not working for other people, it's not because we look smart. It's not because we talk smart, but it's because people see results. Yeah. Evidence is something that has to be seen. And it's the evidence that speaks to other people. Right. Are you with me? And like I said, the first thing they'll think about if things are going well for you, the first thing they'll think about is you got money. So don't tell them where you live. Because Jesus said, don't store up because thieves will break in. Are you with me? <laughs> you don't have to go the way of the world. You don't have to go down that path. You don't have to go down that river. Choosing to meditate on the word of God is to choose the blessing of God. Because when you choose to meditate on the word of God, you're choosing him. See, it's about choosing him. You're choosing that his word in our heart will bring us to a place of choices and decisions. And that's the opportunity then for the word to work out into our life to where it becomes manifested. We can choose to observe, observe to do as we meditate. We can choose to be diligent to obey the voice of the Lord our God. Amen? Being a doer and being an obedient servant. Amen. And when we talk about meditating on the word, this is not about only or for the majority of the time. It's not about only when I have a problem. Well, I got a problem. I got to I got to get in the word because I need an answer. You're already behind the eight ball. It's not about problems and answers. It's about meditating on the word because the word is God. The Word is God. And I meditate on the Word because I want to spend time with my God. Don't be like the Old Testament. Oh, meditate on the Word. Oh, see, there's a regulation. Oh, there's another, another thing coming out. Oh, another law. Another thing that's going to be required of me. See, you, you missed the boat. You done fell out the boat and you're drowning. 
If you think it's about regulations and rules and things being requirements being put on you, you have missed the boat. There is none of that. Meditate on the word. It's spending time with your God. Jesus is the word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you hunger for God? See, if you hunger for God, then you'll choose him. And by choosing him, you choose his word. Not just when there's problems. How many of you love it when you don't hear from your family for two years, but then they have a problem and they say, hey. Hello. Whenever you can help me out. You're kidding me. I mean, I know people, you're not family, but friends that I haven't heard from like in five years. All of a sudden, hello, wonder if you can help me out with this. Are you kidding me? You got to be kidding me. Do you like that? No. Neither does God. He don't like it when we only show up because there's problems. He likes us to show up because we love him just want to spend time with him are you with me Amen. choosing him choosing his word which will ultimately choose the blessing and when you choose him and you choose the word and you're hungering for God and you're meditating on the things of God and it's bringing you to the place of choices and decisions you have now allowed the blessings to have opportunity and ability to overtake you Glory to amen amen why because you're no longer a moving target. You're standing still in the word of God. And when you stand still, you can be overtaken. See, all the other times, you're running, 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 running. The blessing can't even catch up to you. They're like, oh, sit down. We'll wait till they come back around again. <laughs> but when you're standing still in the word of God, the blessings then has the ability to overtake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 5. This is all introduction. <laughs> Ephesians 3, 5. You, that's right, we live here. It says, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Revelation is progressive, okay? Just like in the book of Revelation, after the churches are raptured, it's written down, but it's not really revealed. We don't really know about that, do we? We know it ain't going to be good. That's one thing we know. But we don't really know much about it because we haven't gotten to that point to where it's going to be revealed yet. Revelation is progressive. Revelation in us is progressive. It's based on the meditation of the Word of God. See, revelation, there's more revelation as you meditate on the Word. And then more revelation comes, you meditate on the Word. Because the Word is God, so therefore God's revealing more of Himself as we meditate on the Word. 
You can meditate on the same word that you think you knew for 25 years, and there'll be something new in there. You go, I never saw that before. Because you meditate, revelation comes. Revelation is progressive. It increases inside of us. What we walk in today is the amount of light that we have. You can't walk beyond the amount of light that you have. Right? So, therefore, we might stagger. We might stumble where there is no light or where the light is uh, limited. I can, you know, very, very dim, dim light. You know, people think that because they say, well, I shouldn't stagger and stumble. That's right, you shouldn't. But we do. Because we don't have enough light. And I might have light in one area, and bless God, I done beat that thing. I tell you what, that thing came to kill me, but I beat it, glory to God. Well, that doesn't mean you have light on everything. You've got light on that one area. I mean, it might have been cancer. It might have been brain uh, problems. It could have been heart problems. Whatever it was could have brought you to the point of death, but you came back, you believed God, and you got healed of that. Well, that's where your light is, right there. But don't come over here and start saying, well, I know all about healing. You don't know all about healing. You've had one victory. Thank God for the victory. Thank God for it. But that's the only place you have light. Are you with me? Because this is what we do. See, that's part of the pride of life. That pride that says, you know, well, I was healed, so I know all about healing. That's pride. Or I had my needs met, so I know all about this supply stuff. Pride. Pride. There's so much more. You know, I remember uh, uh, it was a movie years ago. It was called, I think it was called The New Centurion. And the guy was a policeman. And he was, uh, there was a bank robbery going on. And there was a, a, a car sitting outside the bank. And it looked like a guy with his arm around his girlfriend kind of kissing in the car. And he opens up the door to tell him to get out of there because there's a bank robbery. Well, it was a guy with long hair and somebody else sitting next to him, and they had a shotgun. And they shot him right in the gut, which normally you're dead. Well, he survived. He came through it, and he got, you know, healed up out of it and everything, right? Major, major thing when you get shotgun point blank in the gut. So then later on in the movie, there's something else that comes around, and he gets shot with a 22 in the gut. Not even close to what happened before. The 22 killed him. Because the first thought is, I can't take this again. So just because you've got something under your belt, so to speak, doesn't mean you got the whole total thing. Amen. See, we have to continue to press in, continue to muse the mutter, the word of God in ourselves until we start seeing clearly, till the light becomes clear, the light becomes brighter. The light starts to move from this area over into this area over into this area, and then it starts to expand a little bit more. It starts to expand a little bit more. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm walking in the light, but I got that much. Yeah. You know, but then there's a whole life of mine 
even behind me that I can't see that I need a revelation of so I don't get attacked from the rear. And again, it's not a requirement. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It's not a regimen. It's not a regulation. It's a choice and a decision to grow into who you are. That's all it is. God's trying to show you who you are. And that who you are is the victorious conqueror that Jesus made you to be. But it don't come by staying as the carnal person that we may be. In any area of our life. We all have areas of our life where we're carnal. I know you look so holy sitting there. (laughs) But we all have areas in our life where we're carnal. And we have to work on those things. Isn't that right? Amen. When you got saved, you saw clearly the very need for salvation in your life. And you took hold of Jesus in your life. Isn't that right? Well, it doesn't mean you see all things clearly now. You see salvation clearly. You received in the new birth. Then you needed to see clearly on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then you need to see clearly about speaking in tongues. Then you needed to see clearly about healing. Then you needed to see clearly about increase and abundance. Then you needed to see clearly about peace, freedom from fear and anxiety. You know, and it's always more and more to reach hold of. The unlimited riches of his glory and his grace. The unlimited riches of his glory and his grace. Oh, I always pray for that to be unveiled more and more and more on the inside of me. Unlimited riches. Oh, that I would understand the unlimited riches of his glory and his grace. Because it always brings up the question, what would I do if I knew it was impossible to fail? What would I do if I knew it was impossible to fail? Oh, well, I tell you what I would do, then why don't you? Because we don't have a revelation of the unlimited riches. Because with the unlimited riches of his glory and grace, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you'd ever fail at. Nothing. Growing into it. Amen. Amen. We have an aspect. Now, when you got saved, you got saved. But actually, you only have an aspect of salvation. Because your body's not saved yet. Your mind's not totally renewed yet. So you're only living in an aspect of salvation, which is the spiritual aspect. But then there's the soul, and then there's the body. So we have an aspect of salvation, an aspect of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we probably don't have an aspect of being controlled by the Holy Spirit. We don't have, we may have an aspect of healing, but not the total picture. We have an aspect of increase and having my needs met, but we don't have the total picture. What would you do if you could not fail? Well, I'd like to get my electric bill paid. Well, God's glory and grace, and that's great, and that's fine. That's a place to start, but God's glory and grace goes far beyond that. Could you believe God for a million dollars to help out such and such? 
such and such of an organization. You know, can you believe God for that? And I'm saying, when I say believe God, I mean believe with results. That's what I mean. Believe with results. You know, my mom, bless her heart, she was always believing God for millions of dollars. You know, and uh, she had trouble receiving 20. You try to give something to her, she wouldn't take it. It's very hard to grow without receiving. Because I don't know if you know it, but when it comes to stuff, you're not going to get it unless somebody gives it to you. Unless you rob the bank, you know, but other than that, you know, you're not going to get it unless somebody's going to give it to you. There's got to be somebody else involved in your life that's going to come through somehow, some way. It's going to come through somebody. And if we have trouble receiving, we're never going to increase. Well, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And once you give everything away, what do you have? You'll have nothing. Yeah, but, you know, if you give, you'll receive. From who? From who? Going to fall out of the sky? Maybe you're going to go fishing and you'll catch a whale and there'll be $2 million inside of it because he's, yeah. a, he's a big boy, you know. He's bigger than a coin. I mean, you understand what I'm saying. How's it going to come? If we're not open to receive, how is it going to come? Amen. So again, we may have an aspect, but we need to see clearly. We've been made the righteousness of God in spirit. But now as revelation comes, we can walk it out. So walking in righteousness is not a requirement. It's not a, uh, 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 um, a ritual. You know, it's not something, oh, God just putting something else on me. He's trying to get you to walk in where the power of God is. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to walk in a place where the power of God acts and moves. He's trying to get you to walk in manifestations. Amen. When our heart burns with the fire of the word of God, the anointing will flow as we speak. When our heart burns with the fire of the word of God, the anointing will flow as we speak. This is what brings forth the manifestations of the power of God in us as well as in our life. The heart burning with the fire of the word of God and the anointing of God flows out when we open our mouth and speak. Hallelujah. 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 And it has nothing to do with your voice quivering. It has nothing to do with your voice being at a certain pitch. It has nothing to do with your voice changing and not speaking like you normally speak. It has to do with the power that is in your heart called the Word of God that comes out in faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Verses 4 and 5. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Yes. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. 
See, that's why we said from the beginning, you can't take the word and try to work it by the flesh. Well, I'm going to have to be more diligent. Well, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to have to be. See, I, 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 that's all flesh. When all I have to do is take in the word of God, take it in on a personal basis, feed myself with what the word of God says. And it will create power within me. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. They're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, strongholds. We are destroying speculation and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, this is a piece of the renewing of the mind, just like it talks about in Romans. Taking thoughts captive. See, this is a divine weapon that God has given to us. Taking thoughts captive. You know what the easiest way and the best way is to take thoughts captive? Meditate on the Word of God, and when you get a thought that's contrary, you'll know it. If you don't meditate on the Word of God, you'll get contrary thoughts and never know it. And you won't take them captive, you'll just take them to yourself. It's a divine weapon that God has given to us. Destroying strongholds by changing our thinking, changing our speaking, and that will change our choices. The anointing that comes on the word of God destroys yokes of strongholds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Meditation. As I meditate, I hear revelation. As I hear it, I speak it. And then I do it. Revelation, I'm sorry, meditation brings revelation. I'll hear it, I'll speak it, and I will do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So he's talking here about prayer. We don't know how to pray as we should. As smart as we might be, we don't know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit intercedes with, uh, for us with groanings too deep for words. Groanings too deep for words means you can't speak it in articulate speech. So therefore, it's other tongues. Amen. And notice what it says here. The Spirit intercedes for us. So that means that I can pray in tongues in intercessory prayer, and the Spirit's praying for me. He's interceding for me. He is my intercessor. Isn't that one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit? He's interceding for me. Glory to God. Amen. That's one of his ministries to me, to you personally, in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He's come to live in you and intercede for you. And the intercession is done through words. Words. Doesn't have to be known words. Can be unknown words. Not spoken in articulate speech. Those words break the power of darkness. The power of strongholds. Allowing the intercessor to speak through us with his anointed power. 
Glory to God. The Holy Spirit is the anointing. Isn't that right? And he wants to speak through you. He wants to speak in you. Now, you see the turmoil in the nation. If you don't, buy a new pair of glasses. <laughs> There's a lot of turmoil going on in the nation. So what are we speaking? What in the word of God are we declaring about our nation? Huh? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to intercede through us for our nation? And then speak faith over our nation based on the intercessory prayer? Or do I look at the turmoil and just talk the turmoil? Do I continue to build up the turmoil? Do I continue to add power to the turmoil? Do I get before the Lord and say, God, we, I need to pray for our nation. I pray for my nation, and I pray and pray and pray for my nation. And then I go out and speak again about the turmoil and speak again about the darkness and build up about everything that's going on and never talking faith. When I pray, I am praying from the spirit within me to the spirit realm upon the earth. And then by faith, those things that were prayed into the spirit realm on the earth can be manifested onto the earth in the natural realm. You're not praying into the natural realm. You're praying in the spirit realm. And it's faith that will manifest it into the natural realm. So what do we do with our nation? We need to be praying, but then we need to be speaking faith. Well, the same thing happens for people. What about people? Oh, God, I'm praying for so-and-so. Oh, God, they, they need a touch. They need some help. You know what the deal is. You know, I know what the deal is, but, oh God, we got to pray for them. And we start praying for them. And as soon as we get done praying for them, we go right back to talking about them. Not in faith. Don't shout me down. And then we wonder, well, I don't know why they don't change. I pray for them all the time. It's your ugly mouth. Amen. Well, wouldn't that also then be the same thing for the blessing of God? I'm praying, I'm believing for the blessing of God, but then I say things like, that'll never happen. Things just don't change. I don't know why I'm hoping in God about this. I guess it's really not for me. I guess God did. It must not be God's will for me to get that. And you just speak right against the things that you've just been praying and said you were believing. Amen. Meditation. Hear the revelation. Speak what you hear and then do it. Four things. Pray by the Holy Spirit in tongues. Stand against darkness. Intercede and speak faith. Say it again. Pray by the Holy Spirit in other tongues. Standing against the darkness. Intercede and then speak words of faith. The anointing that comes on the word of God destroys the yokes of strongholds in us. In us. 
This is the power of God moving in our life through our voice that comes out from our heart. Not just saying words, it's got to come out from your heart, out of your spirit. Not just an emotion, not just what you think, but out from your spirit. Amen. A little more. Luke chapter 10. One person said, yes, that's all I needed. The holy person. It's a holy person. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. It says, Jesus said here to his disciples, this was after the 70 return, they cast out devils, they were people getting healed. He said, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. I like the way King James says it, nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, this is something that has been given to us, authority. Hallelujah. Don't get so comfortable thinking you understand and know authority that you don't press in for it. Because I don't see how you can say, I understand authority, but then examine your life. There's none of us whose life is anywhere near the fullness of authority. Now, you can get comfortable with where you're at, and say, well, that's good enough, and then not press in. But you can't live in the glory cloud today that was yesterday. The cloud's moving. you got to move with it. Amen. I like when the cloud moves. I, I love to see the cloud moving in uh, the universities right now. You know, I love to see that. Did you see the Jesus Revolution movie come out? I love that. That's why I wore my John Lennon shirt in honor of the Jesus Revolution. <laughs> but I love to see that. You know, I, I, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Dennis when he comes uh, at the end of March what he thinks about that movie. Because he, he came out of the Jesus Revolution. Amen. Hallelujah. I thought they all took too much acid. And they went off the deep end. Acid is drugs, for those of you that don't know that. And I thought they all went off the deep end and had, a, oh, I had an experience with Jesus. I'm like, oh, gee, these people, you know. And now look at me. <laughs> don't get comfortable with these things so that you don't press in anymore. Don't get so busy that we back off and no longer have a living revelation of this, but just a mental agreement of it. Oh, yeah, I know about the authority. But knowing it doesn't do us any good. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. The enemy is constantly prowling about. The enemy is constantly looking to retaliate. So if he's constantly prowling about and he's constantly looking to retaliate, then shouldn't we be constantly pressing in? We have many avenues and opportunities to walk in and live in this position of authority over the enemy. We have all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of avenues. Forget about 
everybody else, just our own life. I have all kinds of avenues and opportunities to press in with the authority of God and the authority over the enemy and put them under my feet in all kinds of areas of my life. Amen. It would be health. It would be wealth. It would be my marriage. It would be my children. It would be pastoring. It would be uh, having peace in my life. It would be walking in a, a, a constant, steady flow of God and not walking in confusion. It would be walking in wisdom and not be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. All the time, there was always avenues and opportunities to press in and take hold and not let those contrary thoughts seed into us. But unless we're meditating on the word, we don't know they're contrary. I had a man tell me one time, he says, do you know anything about this cult? He says, I, I have an opportunity to witness to somebody and I want to read some books on the cult. I said, why do you want to read books on the cult? You need to read something about the truth called the Bible. Because if you know the truth, the lies will be exposed. Amen. John chapter 7. Now I'm going to start getting to where we were going. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll have you out by 12. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Hallelujah. It says, now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if any man is thirsty, I'm going to stop here. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now he's talking here about the new birth, because the new birth is open to anybody, whosoever would believe and receive. Is that right? So he's talking here about the new birth. When he spoke to the woman at Jacob's well, he said, I will give you living water that you'll never thirst again, and it will become as a well of water that springs up into everlasting life. This is what he's talking about here, the well. He's talking about if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he's talking about that well that will spring up on the inside into everlasting life. That when you get saved, there's this well that can flow on the inside of you. Verse 38 and 39. He who believes in me. So now he switches. The other verse he said anyone. But now he's talking about believers. Now, so he says once you have received that well, you've gotten saved now as a believer. As the scripture said, from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. So he's not, he's, he's, he's definitely does not say here that when you get saved, you receive the spirit and that's all you need. That's not what he said. It's in red. If it, you have a Bible, it's in red. Jesus said this. He said, for those that believe, those that believe, they've already believed in Jesus. Now they are to receive the spirit. So if it was something that happened at the new birth, there wouldn't be any need to say, if you believe you should receive the Holy Spirit, because he would have automatically been given at the new birth. But it's not. I don't care what they've told you. They're wrong. I believe the red. 
And the red says, those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, at this particular point, the blood of Jesus hasn't been shed yet, so nobody could be saved. But yet, Jesus is talking about salvation. If anyone comes to me, if he's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And then he says, now that you drink, now that you're a believer, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water, Because now that you're a believer, you can receive the Holy Spirit. Now that Jesus is glorified, his blood has been shed, you can come to him and drink. And as one that came and drank, now you can get filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. His Spirit in us. When I'm born again, I am born of the Spirit, but he's now talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts proves it through the whole book of Acts, separate experience. And there is a river within. And he said in verse 38, he said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The well springs up but the Holy Spirit flows. The well springs up, but the Holy Spirit flows. The well is eternal life that springs up, but the Holy Spirit is a river that flows. The rivers of living water. And he wants these rivers of living water, these rivers of life to flow through us to other people. The book of Ezekiel says, wherever the river flows, there is life. Wherever, not wherever the river is, but wherever the river flows. And wherever that river flows, it'll bring life. Now go back over to Psalm 45, verse 1, where we were at before. Psalm 45, verse 1. He says, my heart overflows with the good theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Now look at it in the message translation. My heart bursts its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. I pour it out in a poem to the king, shaping the river into words. Shaping the river into words. How does that river flow from us? Meditating on the word of God shapes that river and it comes out in words. Words of power. Words that are full of the anointing. Words that can produce manifestations. Shaping the river into words. This is how that river flows out from us. Words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What will the days ahead look like? We live in a world, it's a dark world. Satan is the God of this world system. But there's a great light. There's a great light in us. There's a great light for us. There's a great light that wants to move through us. From the meditation of our heart, to the writing of our tongue, 
we can set our future. We can agree with God, agree with his word, or we can just side in and speak what the enemy's doing. Agreeing with the darkness that's in the world. There needs to be an awakening in the world. But before that, there must be a revival in the church. Judgment starts in the house of God. And revival has to take place in the house of God in order for an awakening to take place in the world. Are you with me? Hallelujah. We can pull down the strongholds in us, and then we can share that freedom with others. We can declare the wealth of the world is laid up for the righteous. That's you. That's me. And there's a great harvest coming where the threshing floor will be full of grain. But we have to shape the river with our words of faith. From our heart that was written upon by our tongue as we meditated on the word of God. We don't know what the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to look like. But we do know what it will be like. And it will definitely be like none other. Like nothing ever seen or known. It is going to definitely be by his anointing. It will not be my natural means. It will not be because of natural learning, nor will it be by natural understanding. But it will only be revealed by the spirit. The natural man, the carnal mind will not understand it. And like on the day of Pentecost, they'll just say, oh, they must just be full of sweet wine. And Peter said, no, 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 this is that. You know, there's many in the church, and unfortunately even church leaders, that have become weary of speaking a language they don't understand, tongues. Many churches have stopped it in their church. Because they don't understand it. Many have become carnal on the issue. And they didn't understand that they were releasing spiritual forces. That they were releasing power beyond what the enemy could understand. And the enemy convinced them to stop. And instead, they took the same position of not understanding. So they backed off from a divinely powerful weapon. A divinely powerful weapon. Amen. Amen. Let me finish here in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13. So roll up your sleeves. Oh, let's go back to New American Standard, please. My sleeves are rolled up. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Prepare your minds. King James says, gird up your minds. Prepare your minds with the knowledge of the truth that has been revealed. You know, you can't prepare your mind with something that hasn't been revealed. So what has been revealed to you? Well, you need to prepare your mind by meditating on it so you can get it into your thinking. And as you do, more will be revealed and more you can put into your thinking. Prepare your minds. Gird them up. Get the knowledge of the truth that's been revealed to you. Draw close to God. He'll draw close to you. 
Out of your belly comes the flood tide of rivers to sweep away the enemy. The rivers that are being shaped by the words of our heart, written by the pen of our tongue. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is just waiting for somebody, somebody to stand up, waiting for somebody to take hold of faith in their heart, waiting for somebody that will pray in faith, waiting for somebody to speak and release the anointing upon the earth, waiting. He's waiting for somebody. He's waiting for somebody to shape the river with their words so that wherever it goes, wherever those words go, it'll bring life because it'll come on the river of the anointing of God. He's waiting. This is what he wants so much to do. We can be who God wants us to be. We can be who God has made us to be. Very simply by writing his word upon our heart, speaking it out of our mouth, shaping the river and walking in it out of our heart. The river that flows, it flows. See, a lot of times we think the river flows. The river don't flow. The river flows. The river flows. The river flows. And I shape that river with the words that come out of my mouth. The river of the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's bow your head for a minute. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Would you? Thank you. God is good. God is good. You may be here today and you need healing in your body. Maybe you have dealing with sickness, dealing with disease. Maybe you're dealing with pain. Joints are bothering you. Aches. Things just don't seem right in your body. Maybe something's not exactly the way it should be, but you don't know what it is. I believe the Lord wants to minister to you this evening. That I would lay hands on you. That we're going to shape the anointing with words. And allow that healing anointing to go into your body and to set you free. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord God. Glorious King, everlasting Lord, healer. Deliverer, provider. Thank you, Lord, that in you is salvation defined as healing, deliverance, protection, soundness, preservation. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And salvation means I can be healed, I can be whole, I can be well. Because your blood was shed, your life was given. You paid the price. You redeemed me from the curse. And we take hold of your word 
that is your power so we can be strong in you and the power of your might. Lord, I thank you. Start blessing him. Start thanking him. Bless his name. Bless his name. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful, glorious King. There's none like you, Lord. We honor you. We bless you. We glorify you. King Jesus. Healer. Deliverer. King of kings. Lord of lords. There's none like you, Lord. We call these people healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak your word, for you said that you bore away our sicknesses and diseases, that you carried away our pain and our sorrow, that by your stripes we're healed. Father, you said that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, that we would partake of the provision and the promise of the Spirit and all that he came to give to us. I thank you, Lord, that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. I thank you, Lord, that it belongs to us now in the name of Jesus, healing in your body, in Jesus' name, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, healed, whole, and well, in Jesus' name, healed, whole, and well, in Jesus' name. Hey, yeah, you got that. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Healed, whole, and well in the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Healing from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Healed, whole, and well in Jesus' name. Healed, whole, and well in the name of Jesus. Healed whole and well in the name of Jesus we call you healed whole and well in the name of Jesus thank you Lord Jesus we call you healed whole and well in the name of Jesus we call you healed whole and well in the name of Jesus thank you Father healed whole and well in the name of Jesus nothing missing nothing broken healed whole and well in the name of Jesus nothing missing nothing broken nothing missing nothing broken whole healed and well in Jesus name whole healed and well in the name of Jesus nothing missing nothing broken whole well and healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 If you're on live stream or podcast, just stretch out your hand right now. I call you healed, whole, and well in the name of Jesus. Nothing missing and nothing broken. Whole and well. Shalom to you in the name of Jesus healed whole and well in the name of Jesus nothing missing nothing broken whole well and healed in the name of Jesus healed in Jesus name 
Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Healed, whole, and well in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you. We receive that in the name of Jesus. I receive that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The river is being shaped and flowing to you right now, calling you healed, whole, and well in the name of Jesus. Take it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Say this right now by faith. I believe, I receive. I believe, I receive. When the word is spoken, hands are laid on me, I receive because I believe. Heal in Jesus' name. Whole, well, delivered. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 By the words that we speak, the anointing on the river will flow, and it flows from one to the other because it's shaped by words that say healed, that says whole, and says well in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. 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 Glory to the King. Glory to the King. Glory to the king. I better back up. This might be a big river here. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> the river is going to flow. The river is going to flow. And when the river flows, you will know. Because the river is going to be shaped by words. Words that say healed. Words that say whole. And words that say well.
in Jesus' name. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Every joint working well, every pain gone, every bit of any sickness, even the ones you don't know about that might have been starting to form in your body right now are healed whole and made well in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you all just lift your hands? My youngest grandson in a BMX race yesterday crashed and broke his collarbone. This was a few weeks after he broke his arm. Time to quit racing. So we're going to pray for him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we call Rowan to be healed, to be whole, and to be well. In the name of Jesus, we call for a quick recovery in Jesus' name. And we call for him, Father, to be pain-free. And Father, I thank you that every bone comes into position like it should. Every bone is healed as it ought to be. And that his whole collarbone will be back to the way that you made it to be. Nothing missing, nothing broken, healed, whole, and well in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The healing anointing, words that shape the river to your life, to those on live stream, to those on podcasts, those words shaped to you, healed, whole, well, nothing missing, Nothing broken. In the anointing of God, jump in the river. Jump in that river. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we love you. We adore you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Oh, there's none like you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you do. Thank you, Jesus, that you walked through the church today, that you've touched us, that you've imparted to us, that you touch our lives, touch our hearts, impart revelation into our heart. Oh, Father, I just thank you that we continue to grow line upon line, precept upon precept, revelation upon revelation, faith to faith, and glory to glory. Thank you, Lord, that it never stops. It never has to stop, and I will never stop. So I thank you that it continues on and on and on. We bless you, praise you, magnify you, Lord God, for your goodness, your grace, and your kindness towards us. As we come before you right now with our giving, we thank you, Father, for this opportunity to sow our seed. 
And Father, the anointing, the river, the, 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 the river of the anointing is shaped in our giving because we declare by faith out of our heart and out of our mouth what your word says about giving and receiving. You said that because of giving that we will also be receiving, that you supply all of our needs, all of our business, all of our tasks, and all of our undertakings according to your riches and glory that is in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that our receiving, our abilities, and our supply has nothing to do with what's in our hand, but all has to do with the riches that are in Christ Jesus. We thank you for it. We bless you and praise you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Again, thanks so much for joining us on live stream. So glad you could be with us tonight and do pray that the word of God has touched you right where you're at, that that anointing went right into your body, into your life, right where you're sitting. That revelation was imparted to you just like it was imparted to us here. Because when we're together, we're all one and we're all sitting under the same anointing. And God is no respecter of persons. Praise God, praise God. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. Thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. And we would always consider it an honor to pray for you for whatever your needs may be, just as we prayed for those here today. You're part of us. You're partners with us. We love you. We care about you. And we want to see God's best in your life. So always let us know if there's anything we can pray with you about. Amen. Amen.